This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. In August of 2019, the London Guardian newspaper ran a story about the 20th anniversary of the film The Sixth Sense, whose music you just heard, by the way. The film was made by M. Night Shyamalan, and it was his breakout film which brought him instant critical acclaim and a fame that would define his filmmaking language. But it was also a film that gave us the thrill of a twist that would keep us talking even now. Of this film, The Guardian says, M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense was and remains unclassifiable. It's usually labored a horror film, and there's plenty of evidence to support that reading. A moody Philadelphia haunted by unsettled spirits, a few macabre shocks, and a long history of cinematic ghost stories like The Innocence and The Haunting, about souls still trapped in a purgatorial no-man's land between the living and the dead. It could also be seen as an American answer to Vim Vender's Wings of Desire, with Bruce Willis taking the Bruno Gantz role of an angel. He's observing and occasionally interceding in the sad, lonely lives of mortals below. Well, folks, to me, this is a film that stands out with Field of Dreams as one of my favorites, not only for standout performances and sharp scripts, but also because we all know that there are those among us who have had near-death experiences and visitations from loved ones in the afterlife or a psychic connection that allows such a visitation. But these films also give us the opportunity to dwell for a while in a dream state about the opportunity to reflect on our own moments of wishful thinking that we could communicate with those who have gone to the other side. Or perhaps it's not just wishful thinking after all. Perhaps it's real. Well, I have my old buddy, filmmaker and actor Matt Mickelson with me today to talk about what we perceive to be real and what is not. And along the way, we are going to discuss filmmaking that transports us to another level of metaphysical splendor. Matt Mickelson, welcome to the show. Did I put it well? Uh, metaphysical yes, splendor? Yes, what do yes. you think? People will come, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you build it. They will come. I, I Apparently so, yeah. So I'm going to get started on my baseball field in my backyard tomorrow. But, you know, we can go visit the Field of Dreams field. Oh, it's still there. That's, it that's, is. That's the thing. Oh, gosh, it's in Dyersville, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they kept it. They kept the set. You know, they dolled up the house. People are coming still to visit, to walk out into the corn. That's better than the ball of yarn. The or the giant ball, around, ball, ball of yarn or the giant rubber band ball that you can find out in the Midwest that used to be like things <laughs> to see. But uh, you got I would me definitely there. like to go there, you know. Uh, um, I'd rather go to Field of Dreams. Well, and, no, Field of Dreams. That's well, yeah. what I'm talking and about. So yeah. <laughs> we can meet in the corn, shall we? Yeah, and see what happens after you get 10 feet into the corn, you know, because, <laughs> you know, they used to disappear that far. And I want to see if we can find Jer James Earl Jones and what happened to him. You know, like he in real in... life? Or... No, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. to the corn. <laughs> no, I, that, 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 that's why I was, was curious, you know, if they were going to have a sequel or something that showed what happened. Or if we were, if we, if there was some clue in the movie that, that said what would happen, but maybe I missed it or, hmm. you know, but I mean, th that, that movie just makes me turn into a weepy mess at the end. You I know. know with the whole playing catch with his dad type thing. And don't you really think it's a 
guy's movie. I mean, it, it's a movie for all of us, but it just gets right to the heart through baseball mm-hmm. to men who've maybe been separated from their fathers in some way. Yeah. Um, well, also, you know, um, that that whole generation, you know, the, the 60s generation, the, it was all about the rebellion and... You know, the people who saved the world from, you know, Hitler raised these kids who <laughs> just, you know, were, yeah. were god awful and, 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 and just had to take off and go do something else and, and didn't want to be a square and uh, do what their parents did. You know, and, and they, you know, like, like he says in the movie, I just said a lot of awful things to my dad and I left and I couldn't take it back. That, that's, that was the whole theme of the movie. It was his penance, yeah. you know, building the, the thing. So... You know, it's like that TV show we've talked about before, The Wonder Years. You know, when we got into the 70s, we we, we got into that sense. I mean, people, uh, young people were protesting. They'd found a voice. But yet we were coming to the end of an era, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That that peaceful, you know, euphoric side of America. But, hey, let's not go down that road. That's another show. Sure. But, <laughs> but this whole metaphysical idea in movies has been played out so well. I mean, we can go back to Andrei Tarkovsky, the great Russian filmmaker, who mm-hmm. really started it all. I mean, he always played with these ideas of, of, of man and God and, and the metaphysical and the dreamlike. Or the angels getting mixed up with humans, that kind of thing. Exactly. What was that one called? The guy standing on top of the building on the wings of angels or something it was called? Or That is the film I was referring to. That okay. was Wings of Desire. Now, wings that of was Desire. the original film, yeah. which was done by a German filmmaker. In the 80s, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And um, um, we had, um, who was the guy who played Columbo? Um, Peter Falk? Thank you. Peter Falk was in it. He, it was From wonderful. Ossining, New York, by the way, <laughs> where I live. Is she your neighbor? <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, she. So, hey, uh, I uh, was just thinking, could I borrow some sugar? Oh, Columbo, <laughs> we love him. You gotta love him. No, they actually have his jacket at the Historical Society. Really? Yeah, I'm. I'm getting you into my ADD. Go on. I, I love it. No, you stay with your ADD. I love that about you. Tangent. <laughs> The Wim Wenders film, Wings of Desire, was so incredible because really it is political in its basis because mm-hmm. it's talking about what happened uh, post-war Germany. Yeah. But this whole idea of angels around us all the time who are really caring for us. Mm-hmm. You know, there are marvelous um, moments in that film where, uh, for instance, on a subway you see uh, various people thinking you know, about various things. One's thinking about suicide, one's thinking about what a failure they are, and an angel is sitting by them. And the minute the angel puts their arm around them, they start to think in a more productive and positive yeah. way. And it's done so beautifully. And the center character is an angel who wants to fall. Mm-hmm. And he does. He chooses to be mortal, to live with a woman of his dreams. Yeah. It's a very, very interesting film. And, um, of course, that uh, Andrew Tarkovsky, as I said, and then Ingmar Bergman. I mean, Ingmar Bergman was always out there with, think of the seventh seal. Not the Demi Moore one. No, not the Demi Moore one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the famous film. Go to the Criterion Collection, folks. So the seventh seal with Max von Sydow as the fantastic medieval knight mm-hmm. who's playing chess with death during the time of a play. Oh, like Bill and Ted's uh, Bogus Journey. Yeah, just like that, Matt. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's not the fair. <laughs> In fact, if you watch the new... The no, no, I've been, I've been trying to get everyone on board, but uh, I, I haven't gotten consensus yet. 
I mean, I mean to watch that tonight. Yeah. I can't wait because you know I'm a big fan of Keanu Reeves. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, oh my God, the boy. He yeah. is so cute. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> so I mean, he's been trying to shed that character for 30 years, man, and now he's he right back in it. And he's such a nice guy. I mean, oh yeah, he's you know huge. John Wick and and the Matrix and uh, you know, hey, here we are. Hey, yeah. dude. I mean, I love it. So, but I want to get back to this this whole thing we were talking about in Field of Dreams, you know, about men being spoken to in, in this uh-huh. film. And to all of us, it's it's all of us being able to find really our parents again. It's it, it's using baseball as this metaphor for us being able to heal. Yeah, and and also a, a lot of it like uh, is is about people chasing their dreams but getting cut sh- short right. and not being able to. Hmm. pursue them and having to uh you know make the choice of well do i do i choose a regular life or do i chase this dream i have and and is my soul going to be able to live with that mm-hmm. kind of thing like the like the doctor uh you know that, that the burt lancaster character the burt mm-hmm. lancaster character and uh the uh, moonlight uh oh, i forget his last name moonlight jones moonlight or graham moonlight graham um but uh, a lot of the, 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 the way they describe, you know, I was reaching for the plate and I could smell the dirt and, you know, all that oh, yeah. that detail. And, and these guys just had this, you know, dream that they were chasing. But then they're like, eh, you know, I, all of a sudden, you know, I got bills to pay. I got married, had some kids, and I had mm-hmm. to let it go. Um, or I, I swung and I missed and I got kicked out. Or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Whatever happens to, you know, push your uh, dream train off the rails. Um, but at the same time, them being okay with that. Um, and I think what, what, did they, uh, help him get, uh, bring Moonlight Graham back, um, so he could experience that hit because yes. he never got to hit the ball because he was up and he got struck out or something like that, mm-hmm. or, uh, he was walked or I, I can't remember, but, but he never really got to finish that moment. But Moonlight Graham had made the decision to stay in his small town as a doctor, mm-hmm. even, you know, when, when Ray gave him, you know, the option of being yep. able to come with him where dreams could come true. He had made his choice. And somehow there's a divine intervention that comes into play that lifts him as a young man into Ray and, and James Earl Jones's kind of pathway. Yeah. And, and, you know, his dream is lived even just for once. And by the way, Burt Lancaster kind of steals that movie when he comes into it. it it's like you don't look at anybody else suddenly. He even trumps um, James Earl Jones for a moment, and that's saying a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, the the classic actors that came up in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, you know, they, they hold that screen for a reason. Oh. Oh, they're just yeah. not, uh, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not models. So <laughs> they, they really know what they're doing. Oh, he had that thing. He had that thing. But, Matt, I know that, that you yourself have... You know, you have these these deep memories of your father. Sure. And and I know you've been affected in many ways with um, what you feel is is him speaking to you. I mean, we've talked about this. Yeah. Can you um, share that with it, us? It's kind of weird. My dad uh, passed in uh, 2015, November. And, um, uh, you know, and that, that hit me kind of hard. We had a very close relationship. And, you know, he was kind of my hero in a way. And. Um, you know, I wrote a screenplay based on his uh, homicide detective stories and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, he, he uh, we were, I was always his best friend. You know, he, he was my own personal Harrison Ford, let's just say that. Um, but, uh, you know, after he passed, I was, you know, kind of this big chunk of my life was gone. 
And uh, but in in my dreams in the past couple of years, every once in a while, it'll just kind of show up. And we don't always really talk or anything. It's just very cordial and casual. And it's not how you doing. It's just we happen to be sitting around together or or, you know, there's no particular agenda. Um, but it, it, it just feels so real. And, you know, I just want to hug him and hold him and stuff because I know this isn't going to last more than a few seconds. Um, but I wake up and I could smell, you know, his breath or his cologne or, you know, and and I'm crushed for the rest of the day just because, you know, I, I got that little little experience, that little taste of, of being with my dad. And, and then I know it's not real. It's gone. And there, I can't do anything to get it back except to just hope it happens again. You know, exactly. but but that that gives me the the feeling that I know it's really him. You know, there is a thereafter. Hopefully, he's hanging out with Frank Sinatra, getting you know hammered every night. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, you know, um, it it because you know, no matter what your uh, religion or belief is, you know, in the end, nobody really knows anything until you get there. Right. No matter what you say, how much money you have, or how big your church is, you don't know. But let me ask you this. So after you, you wake up and you you can still smell his cologne. Now, this is a really vivid image. Mm-hmm. How does that change your day? I mean, you, you, say, you say you feel bereft, but is there a feeling also of euphoria and just being reunited? Yeah. I mean, well, it's a mixture. You know, I mean, you're very depressed that that had ended and you know the truth behind it but also there there is a little i guess enlightenment that you know that it felt so real that maybe it is Mm -hmm. um and uh that that once in a while you'll get this little visit hey cool um but um you know it's it's kind of like uh that movie always with uh richard dreyfus um Nice segue, huh? Uh, and uh, how he, you know, as a person, has to learn how to let the love of his life go, because he was always, I, I guess, controlling, and she's mine, and and he had to learn to love through sacrifice, you know, and and um, in other words, letting her continue her life beyond him, and he helps her facilitate that. Exactly. Um, and the young man who basically replaces him. Exactly. Who needs confidence and is talented, and everyone needs to get on with their lives. It's an interesting premise because actually the angel has to come to terms with being an angel. Yeah. You know, and, and we, we never really see that. But one thing I, I take away from that film all the time, that beautiful way Richard Dreyfus sits behind her when she decides to make the big heroine move mm-hmm. and save uh, save the firefighters, right? Yeah. And she knows she's, she's not up to it, really. She knows she'll die. And he sits behind her and just whispers in her ear. And, you know, this gets back to a Frank Capra film called um, A Guy Named Joe, I think it mm-hmm. was, with Spencer Tracy. This always is a remake of that. And, was um, that was that the predecessor to Meet Joe Black? Was that the same premise? No. Oh, okay. No, a predecessor to Meet Joe Black was Death Takes a Holiday, really. Oh, okay. But, you know, there's this this idea of someone or a voice sitting on your shoulder, whispering in your ear, no different than in Wings of Desire, yeah. of the things you 
can do and how you can do that. And think of all the people who are doing, making these monumental changes in their life or, or scaling a mountain and they're afraid. Who's to say an angel isn't there just sitting there saying, no, you can do it. You, it could be a father. It could be a, a, a lost angel, you know, yeah. just assigned to you. I mean, I love to think about these things. Because yeah, everyone thinks heaven has an limit. HR department for some reason. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no different in the remake of Wings of Desire was City of Angels uh, with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that, that was a remake, wasn't it? And he tries yeah. to help her through a loss of confidence. And I always think, I, I love that scene where he takes a shower for the first time as a human and experiences, <laughs> you know, hot and cold. Um, the other thing, well, that's very touching about your father. I mean, I've only had one of those situations in my life, and that's when one of my beloved, believe it or not, therapists in London, Mm -hmm. who I was seeing for a long time, a wonderful man, he was actually a Jesuit priest who had been given a special dispensation by the Pope to practice therapy. And I went to him for some time, and I worked out my issues. And a couple years later, I, I flew home to Oregon from London, and I had this really vivid dream that he came to me and said, I want to spend a day with you. Let's go to the carnival. And we went to this beautiful carnival and got on the carousel, and we rode the Ferris wheel, and he was just so free. Was and this the dream, or did this actually happen? This was the dream. Oh, okay. And, of course, I had a professional relationship with him. <laughs> but at the end, he held my hand and said, you have all the qualities in your life to be able to get through anything. And you have all those gifts. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, just like you and your father, I woke up. I woke up with a start. I knew immediately that he had died, even though I, I didn't know anything oh, about the reality oh, of the death. Weird. Okay. And But I could still smell him, so to speak. Yeah. But I was left with this feeling of being buoyed along in life for about three days. I was almost euphoric with that, the message that he gave me. And I think these things are precious and they're fragile. And when we think about movies like The Sixth Sense, let's say, and there's this sense of wonder and this beautiful fragility about it, the same in Field of Dreams, because we're never really given a source of what's really going on, right? It's just left to us. And so it's like we're walking down this dreamscape. Yeah, because there's always the, you know, I mean, with uh, Sixth Sense, you know, is it in his head? Is are, is everybody else seeing the same thing? Or, you know, and of course, you know, you don't find out that he's actually been dead this whole time until the very, very end. The big you're twist, very, yeah. He, they totally Kaiser Soze the whole thing. Uh-huh. You know, they, they, I mean, like after, you know, with the whole Kaiser Soze thing, I was still doubting. The the actual ending, you know, and having to rethink it and like, did they really show us everything? You know, um, but, um, you know, even even in that sense that that, that I, I have a friend, uh, actor friend, Robert Neil Marshall, he's in the D.C. area, who's actually been on House of Cards with Kevin Spacey. Oh, um, and uh, he actually did die on the table. Um, and had a whole experience, and it affected him so much. He basically had a heart attack, and he was out for 10 minutes, and then he got revived somehow. Um, and he had this whole vision of these lights whizzing by and, and old aunts and uncles and all kinds of, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the stuff you've heard before. And he was so um, affected by it that he started seeking out other people and find out that the, the, they're, they're their uh, their visions are exactly the same, 
you know. Oh my. Um, and so there's something to this, you mm-hmm. know. Um, oh, and no and also, you know, I I I work with a lot of guys who uh, uh, used to be on the uh, Edward John Edward show. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy from Long Island. Oh, the psychic. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, dude, it's the real deal. Mm-hmm. You, you, the weird stuff that we saw. Holy cow! He's he's not faking. You know, if you think it's trickery, nope. <laughs> and I think this does exist, and I think we've grown enough in life to to embrace this as a reality. I mean, there, there's something in this, and yeah. in, in another century, perhaps we'll be further along. Um, certainly, people, uh, filmmakers like Steven Spielberg, have got that. You so know? let me ask a question. Sure, if Bob. I can jump Let's in hear here. it. What's the difference between Shyamalan's ver- version of it and the makers of well, the other movies, where where, where the mm. feeling is much higher and uplifting, and you're scared in Sixth Sense. You're it's right. unpleasant in Sixth Sense. Well, you know, I think he's the kind of guy who is the storyteller like our old fables, where yeah. there is a real nasty twist at the end, and that's called reality. And in this case, it certainly is in the twist at the end of Sixth Sense. But I think, Bob, Sixth Sense does cross over into that horror film genre. It does. Mm-hmm. You know? It, whereas Always or Field of Dreams, well, uh, this you, is our, our fantasy film. Have you ever been in a haunted house or had that gray cold moldy feeling that something or someone is behind you and when you turn (laughs) around you are going to freak out yes (laughs) we when we were first considering moving here we looked into a house in mount kisco that was on the edge of a cliff scooby-doo style uh like teetering you know and the house had a super deep basement because it was built along the cliff face, and we w- and apparently the couple that lived there had passed on, and you walked into that house and you just had this icky feeling, <laughs> like like y- your jeans were wet all of a sudden that that wet jeans in the corner feeling, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and going into the basement which was like that Disney World haunted house ride where the mm-hmm. like the ceiling kind of goes up. You know, and the room stretches for whatever reason. Correct. And they even had the creepy piano and the cheesy, like, early 1900s wallpaper. And the deck that was supposed to be there wasn't there, you know, off the off the, the uh, room. And there was just this big gap of empty space in between the, the house and the bottom floor. And it was creepy. Yeah. And we just, time. we just left the house. We're like, no, next. We'll, we'll look at the next one. Thank you. <laughs> oh, but we can get you a discount. No, it's all right. Well, let's think about poltergeist, guys. I mean, they address that theme on what had gone before very well and the haunting and others. Oh, my good Lord. You know, there's another movie that's got a whole different twist, Hmm. Dogma. Oh, Dogma, years ago. Kind of a a comedy. Yes. um, Presenting angels. What, the Kevin Smith thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Yes, it was. Yeah. All sorts of twists everywhere. Oh, that, yeah, that's very true. Right. That's very true. And also, I you know, I can only think a, a 1935 Peter Ibbotson directed by Henry Hathaway and starring Gary Cooper and Anne Harding. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Gary Cooper did some interesting stuff. Oh, yes. And he, he's so understated in this. And he's so 
beautiful. Yeah. But this really deals with an architect who who is reunited with um, one of his uh, friends from when he was a child, and they loved each other then, and they love each other now. And her husband gets murdered, and they pin the murder on him. He ends up going to jail, but in their dreams they meet, and it's the most fantastic yeah. uh, experience. And it's all shot through gauze, and there's there's such a dreaminess in this. Mm-hmm. You think you're in the most fantastic Shakespeare moment, mm-hmm. you know, of Midsummer Night's Dream. And um, it has the same kind of element. 1935. It's worth looking at. Peter Ibsen. They made an opera of it, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah. A couple of years ago. Didn't do so great. Yeah, but, I am you know, not up on my 1930s movies as much as you, you are. You so. need to be. But that's because I'm so much older than you. So how about Brigadoon? Well, there we go. There is the ultimate on the on the boards, right? What you can't see. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. So who are all those people? Where did that town come from? Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And that gets us into things like, I don't know if you remember the, the great James Mason um, uh, film, um, The Flying Dutchman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pandora's Box. Like the one on SpongeBob? Pandora's Box, or I think it was called, yeah. Ghost mm-hmm. and Mrs. Muir. Oh, Ghost and Mrs. Muir <laughs> being one of my favorite films of all time. A lot time. of people say that. A lot of women say oh, that. the yeah. music. Well, I'd like to walk away with Rex Harrison oh. into the distance. <laughs> I, I would. I see. I would. And we, we touched on Meet Joe Black, you know, this this yeah. theme, this recurring thing of Death Takes a Holiday. You know, that m- film to me, it's so long, it's so operatic, it's so fantastically slow that we have a moment to imbibe really in the music. Oh, the music in it gonna, is We're going gorgeous. to play in the play I mean, out the, here. The, the whole movie is gorgeous. And if you, if you can exercise a little patience and catch it on a rainy day mm-hmm. and just let it wash over you, don't, don't, oh, where's the action? Well, you know what? Why don't you just relax and watch the darn movie, you know? (laughs) Um, And it's just so beautifully executed and produced. Yes, it's a little pokey here and there, Mm -hmm. but, man, the the acting in it is just top-notch. Phenomenal cast. and Marcia Gay Harden. We've we've got Brad Pitt. It is most beautiful. Let's face it. I oh, mean, and Anthony Hopkins. You know the uh, actor the of acting and yeah. everyone on down. You yep. know, and I'm sure they will agree with me on that. But uh, but it, it, and it's just so well shot, and it's almost a fantasy in itself. It is this guy's lifestyle. It is. You know, and um, yeah. and you know, then to have the whole uh, Joe Black inserted in there, and he's very calm and cool, and. You know, except this accepts what's going on is a is a thing with honor and you know. Um, and this is life. Yeah, this that's is how part goes, of kid, life. You know, um, but but just the end where where he's got to say goodbye to his family, and that's what brings me back to like always and Field of Dreams. People sacrificing for other people, Correct. whether they know that they're being helped or not. Just like you know, once again going back to like Family Man and and stuff like that. I mm. love movies where somebody has to. Suck it up and deal mm-hmm. and and get somebody past a certain point or do the right thing for somebody but not get the credit. Exactly. You know what I mean? And exactly. so much of our, our movies are all about somebody, you know, getting the credit and making millions of dollars and you know, and, and showing off and strutting about and, and that's not how good people are. That 
You've just said it, and we'll end the show with that, Matt Mickelson. You're fabulous. Fabulous. I, 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 I strive to be fabulous. You yes. are. Always. Always. <laughs> Everyone go out and watch the film, always, Steven Spielberg. And listen, I, I want to invite everybody to go to my website at centerstagewithpamelacoon.com and drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you. And you can see earlier shows on my website. So, Matt Mickelson, thanks for being with us. And Bob Small, thank you so much. Stay safe out there, everyone. This is Pamela Kuhn. And the curtain is now down on center stage.